at 16. And I want to, uh, hey, it's Chris and Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility and finding direction and purpose, especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. Kylie, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. To Pod Central. Ooh. Jerk Central. No. Still working on that. Yeah, we got nothing. People should probably maybe maybe listeners have a good a good name for the I studio. Bet, I bet Superfan Deb. Superfan Deb. Superfan Deb. Text us. Is she creative? I think so. Can I can I be honest with you? No, she's one of my, I would rather that you lie to me. I love when people open with that. She's <laughs> one of my favorite people. Oh, she's she's very funny. Not just because of the coffee. Not just because of the coffee. Well, she's, but here's the deal: she could have taken our banter over the last couple of months a different route, and instead she took it very, very well. Yeah. that tells me a lot about her personality. She's great. Her husband's great. Her husband's Liam. Yeah, he's he's British. Don't do that again. No. <laughs> uh, he's he's from Wales, and uh, they're 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 great. Yeah, I love them. They're they're two of my favorite people. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, well we're, we're back. We're back. Episode part two, part two of of our pops being here. You guys want to say hello, Bob and Keith. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Papa Pod Podcast. Papa, Papa Podcast. podcast. There's the, there's that's the, where I get my creativity. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've, had thought, a, we've had a good time so far. It has been. I, I, just thinking, like, what are some funny stories as I reflect on yeah. life with my dad? Oh, man. Um, well, you got something? I've got a scary, and I've got a uh, just kind of... An example of who he is. Yeah. The first sure. one, we I mean, we were disciplined pretty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they could see You should have face. seen the reaction. <laughs> Undeserved. turning red. Undeserved. <laughs> <laughs> but the church that I grew up in, the scariest place on the planet, I probably still would, would shake uncontrollably, is we would get taken down to the furnace room, which was dark and loud and an old, you know, very, very old church building mm. and uh, and be told that we needed to stop acting yes. the way we were acting. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But still a, an extremely scary endeavor on Sunday mornings if if we were acting up, which, yeah. you know, more my brother. Yeah. Not me. Sure, Hardly ever happened. Hardly ever with me. <laughs> <laughs> and the other, just to tell like who Keith is, is excavator, right? And long, hard hours. And he talked about coaching last time. And growing up in Little League, you know, everybody had a Saturday practice. And, and uh, this coach, who parents loved, said, hey, let's practice at 6.30. On Saturday mornings yes. for a couple hours, hour and a half. Yes. You didn't have any worry about scheduling, you know, other teams wanting 6.30 in the morning <laughs> on a Saturday. But the the thought was, hey, we're going we're gonna to get up, we're going to get after it, and you've got the rest of your weekend. It's not a noon practice on Saturday where it kills your entire day. 
So that just kind of it just it just kills it early. It, <laughs> <laughs> Get up, practice, and then go back to sleep, yeah. or go to the lake, or That's whatever awesome. people chose to do. So just a couple of yeah, funny yeah. stories that I thought of. Yeah. Um. My dad, uh, you know, he told a story last week of how old were you when you came to the U.S.? You were 17? 17. Uh, but what he didn't share is he was 16 when he left Egypt. Uh, took him a long time to get here. He walked. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, but I, I had to go through Lebanon. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so he went and lived in Lebanon for a year ah. to establish residency because I, I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, I mean, at the time it was easier to come, probably easier and cheaper. To come from Lebanon to the United States than it was from Egypt to the United States. Uh, not, uh, not in that sense. Okay, it's not cheaper. Okay, and it's, it wasn't easier. Uh, but so not in any sense. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> nailed it, Chris. Yeah, but, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> we, we had. I never the, asked why you did. Special circumstances. Ah, okay. Uh, for my dad. Okay. Uh, that uh, we had to escape. To Lebanon, mm. and uh, from Lebanon, we uh, we went to the uh, embassy, the American embassy, and uh, applied to be a refugee mm. to the U.S. And that uh, that process takes about six seven months. How am I just learning this? Do you know each other? <laughs> Hello. <I'm, laughs> your look towards yeah. your dad is like, I've never heard this you? story. And, uh, wow. And uh, that's, uh, that's a whole episode. But, okay. Uh, you know, because uh, we'll keep I recording. had to find a job. <laughs> I had to find a job. And uh, I, I went there, actually, I went there a month before my dad and mom and my family to prepare the way for them to get them at school. At 16. At 16, and I went to, uh, when I went to there, I went to an orphanage that uh, my older brother knew in Lebanon, and they, uh, they put in a word in for me, that, and I lived in that orphanage. I worked in the orphanage, and I, uh, that's for the, for the first, from when I got there, yeah. and they provided uh, meals and uh, and a place for me to stay uh, until my parents came in and uh, and my parents came in and uh, I went and I <laughs> rented uh, this was very outrageous I rent, I my brother knew uh, a tailor in Lebanon and he said go to him and he'll help you uh, whatever you need and I needed to get a, an apartment for my parents, and uh, and went went to him to get an apartment. And we got an apartment, and I rented the apartment for them. They were coming the the following week. I rented the apartment for them, and uh, went picked them up from the pier, and took them to the apartment. I dropped them off, and the next morning that was a Saturday, and the next morning was a Sunday and my dad tells the owner that it wasn't really an apartment it was a room and a bathroom uh, a shared mm-hmm. in, 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 the, in the owner's uh, next door mm-hmm. uh, and and he asked him he says where where can we go to a church <laughs> and the guy looked at him and said church 
We're all here Muslim. <laughs> we don't have churches. We got mosques. You go to the mosque. <laughs> and my dad, my dad, the next time I saw my dad, he says, what did you do? <laughs> There's no churches here. <laughs> so we, so I went to the cook at the, at the orphanage and I said, you got to help me out. <laughs> I rented this in, in a place and, and it's all in Lebanon. It, Either it's all Muslim or it's all Christian, and I didn't know. And the tailor that I went to to help me, he was a Muslim, so of <laughs> course he sent me to sure. where he, what he knows. And so, so the cook took me to the Baptist church uh, that he went to, and uh, and was able to connect me with a family that was leaving and uh, leaving to the U.S. And their apartment was going to be vacant nice, nice. in a month. And uh, we took that apartment yeah. and shared it. And I, uh, I had great time in Lebanon. I worked for the ambassador of Spain in Lebanon. And uh, uh, that, that was another miracle of the Lord, how he provided that job for me. And it was a very well-paid job. Uh, I lived there. I worked there. I was uh, I was uh, a waiter on on them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and whatever parties they have, and uh, and also cleaning a house, you know, house cleaning, and uh, that was that was my job, and I had a great, great, great mm. time there. Mm. That's a very interesting. I don't know if I well, got off the subject. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Well, the, well, the, well, the reason I brought that up, and I'm, I'm really glad you shared that because I just, I just learned something. I told you last week. Surprising. My dad's full of surprises. There you go. <laughs> that was a surprise. But the reason I bring that up is, is my, my, my dad is self conscious sometimes about, if I can share this, about language, because he left Egypt before schooling was done. By the time he got to the U.S., it was you. You came as a senior in high school, if I remember right. You yes, did, yes. You did one year of high school in the U.S., and so he never really had complete language training in either language, right? Yes. Now, now I, I sure. think I think a lot of that, a lot of your your self consciousness is is unnecessary, right? Like you're, I mean, we're great, right? We've communicated our whole lives, uh, and I and but I love playing word games with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it seems it seems the pressure what's that what's that one that we um where you pass the thing around and you have to hit the button and uh catchphrase catchphrase yeah catchphrase it seems the pressure of catchphrase <laughs> causes whatever's whatever's left of either language to just squeeze out of his head <laughs> and oh my god it's a blast he just uh, uh, <laughs> and then he'll find one hint for catchphrase he'll find one hint and that's it. We won't we won't get a second hint. There's no rewording of the hint. There's just one hint. And he just repeats it over and over until the buzzer goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, well, if I may insert, you do an yeah. excellent job. Right. Uh, thank you, you. Just thank you. Absolutely excellent. You. And I admire anybody that can do a second language and people that are able to do three or four languages and my, how do you keep it all straight? <laughs> so I'm I'm amazed at your abilities. You're yeah, yeah. very God easy to understand. Yeah, yeah. God yeah. Is for sure. Yeah, for sure. for sure. I I my whole life I've when my dad said stuff like that to me, I'm like I don't I don't hear. I mean you I don't hear you like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, 
Anyways. So, um, yeah, if you haven't listened to last week, it would be a good idea if you did. Uh, or, or to all the episodes. All the episodes, but in particular, last week. We're like, 20 <laughs> com- we're like 27 episodes in. You don't have to listen to them all. Kylie's looking at me funny as I say that. I shouldn't say We would that. encourage you to. Yes, but you should listen to last week. Yes. Because uh, we, you know, we got to meet our dads. Uh, that sounded weird. We have met our dads before. <laughs> but we got to hear some of their stories. And some of On the next Maury. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, now I see where jerks fit. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. <laughs> but, Keith, you, you, had, you had said something during, during our little break um, that Bob had shared the story of you know, growing up and only having one toy, and it's that little toy gun. Um, and you said it made you think of something. Well, it made me think of two things. The In my day, and I think it's still somewhat prevalent today, how easy it is for something so simple. And he talked about just one toy, which made me think about the cardboard box, I mm. think is uh, it doesn't take much to be a favorite toy. And how sometimes the very simple things, you can have all these, I know for the grandkids, we have a basket of toys or whatever. And if it's at a at a birthday party or something like that, it turns out that a just an empty box will satisfy kids for a long time. <laughs> but it, it's the same for my cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't have any indication about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it also, going back uh, to last week when we talked about uh, community, um, I think things were, well, I guess that's what it was when your your dad talked about uh, getting along in school. Mm. And I would say I, we were brought up in a community, at least in my house, where you live by the golden rule and However you wanted to be treated, that's how you treated somebody else. And I would say kids in the early ages of elementary school don't always adhere to that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, they don't, they don't think about the other person. So in a way, you know, I think at times I wasn't as popular because the kid that didn't have anybody or nobody kind of kids picked on, I, I tried not to join into that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it, it was... The way I was brought up was you wouldn't want somebody to, and I think it has a lot to do with the way I've been a, a, a an usher at church for years, and that's part of it is when I go to an unfamiliar face or an, un, an, an unfamiliar place and somebody makes you feel comfortable there, somebody welcomes you there, and, and that's just always been important to me is somebody comes to our church Obviously, it's the Lord's church, but I, I want them to enjoy that process. I want them to be willing to come back again and and trying to make it comfortable for somebody has always been important to me because of the golden rule. That's the way I would want to be treated. Which is exactly how your siblings probably treated each other. Oh, absolutely. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We never fought. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Uncle Dennis. Um, sorry, did I... Is that out loud? Um, but you talked about early elementary and, and grade school era. The reality is that's 
we're seeing that in society in general. Would exactly. you say like yeah. it's yeah. it's not just kids; it's adults are not following the the golden rule um, <laughs> super faithfully right now either. Yeah. I, I yeah. think it has. I think it goes right into racism. You know, we need to love everybody for the person they are and to try to understand where they've come from and 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 God wants us to be kind to everybody it it doesn't doesn't make any difference what color where they came from mm. it it's to it's just to, to try to make this place a, a better place one of the things that i um that has always stuck with me um when we talk about society and helping each other and small community and the example that my family has set my dad in particular is we had uh the local fair right in woodburn uh, woodburn days every year carnival rides you know all kinds of food and softball tournaments all kinds of different things but i always we always grew up and that would go thursday through saturday and dad would get my brother and I up and we'd join another friends of ours, um, about the same age boys. So four of us boys and our two dads. And it was, we went down and picked up, Mm. picked up the park, picked up the community and, um, trash bag and start picking up trash. And, and it was just one of those things that instilled that sense of one, taking pride in more than just yourself, but, but also like serving and loving other people in, in ways like we've talked about Jesus is the janitor, you yeah, know, yeah. like there's nothing that's below or beneath what, um, you know, what, what we have the capacity to step into and, yeah. and help and yeah, uh, love cool. other people. So that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, you know, when you guys, You've already shared some stories, you know, of what it was like growing up. But I'm I'm curious when what 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 did you what stories did you guys grow up hearing your your dads and your your grandparents tell you? You know, I, I don't know. I'm always so amazed uh at some and, and Keith, you've talked you've talked about a couple times, Dad, you've talked about a couple times this the difference of what it's like growing up now. Like, how about when you were kids, what did you hear your dad? And your grandparents, what kind of stories did they tell you? I'd just assume Bob take the lead on that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I really right. can't. I can't. No, seriously, I can't. I can't think of that sort of thing. My, um, the one that just comes to mind is my dad talking about how his dad. You know, I've been told that that my grandpa was good enough in baseball that he could have played professional oh, wow. baseball. Wow. But then again, I've heard other people say the same thing about other people. So I'm thinking, is that legitimate or did everybody mm. think at that time that they were <laughs> that good? I, I don't know. Um, and other than that, I mean, I don't, my dad worked a lot and uh, he'd, he'd work a lot of hours and then he would come home and eat and, and be out the door going to a, 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 a school meeting, a, a church meeting, a, 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 a chamber of commerce meeting. You know, they he was very active civically, and I 
I don't remember having those kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. I, um, and again, well, never mind. I, I, I just don't remember those kinds of things happening yeah. between his work and we never had sit down serious conversations. I guess we, we also, there, my grandfather lived in a mobile home mm-hmm. behind the house, uh, from 59 to 76. So that's kind of when I grew up and, and we always had an evening meal around the table, mm. you know, and again, that's different. My wife and I sure hardly is. ever sit at the table anymore. Um, it, it was just a different era. You, you learn things just through the family, I guess, as far as you learned how to live and, and what you did that day. And that's, I don't remember serious conversations like, you know, you need to do this or it was by example. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Sorry, that's a long drawn no, out no, 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 that's to, great. I don't remember those sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, Bob, what about you? Uh, one one thing uh, comes to mind is uh, always the Lord's blessing always came uh, to our house. Always at at at, uh, at uh, tough time, at hard time, we saw His hands, and uh, I recall my dad tell us the story. Uh, again, going back to uh, too much month at the end of the money, <laughs> you know, and uh, and my dad uh, uh, again, uh, there is no bread in the house, and the uh, and my mom used to make bread for the whole month, and uh, somehow this didn't last the whole month, and it was at the end of the month, and before the end of the month, the bread was gone. And they went to the uh, to the flower man because they used to go get the flour and uh, and net the bread and send it to the oven and and then we get the the bread uh, all puffed up and we store it for the whole for the whole month mm-hmm. and there was no bread and again my uh, dad uh, is worried about this and uh, and in the midst of this worry we get this knock on the door, a very hard knock. And it was the priest. And he was, he was very agitated and in a screaming language, broke, which, broken Arabic. Which, if, if, if I recall, wasn't like out of the ordinary for him. He was kind of a, oh, he yeah, was like he, an angry man. He was out like, of it. He was out of it. <laughs> and he, he looked at my, uh, and my dad and he says, I had a hundred Egyptian pound in my Bible and it disappeared. Where is it? You took it. A hundred Egyptian pound. That's like a salary for 10 years, you know? And my dad says, no, hmm. no. And, and the priest went further and he says, if you don't bring me that hundred pound, you're out of a job. And, and you also gave us residence. We used to live in a house attached to the church, rent free. That was part of, and you're out of that residence. You got, you got to find someplace else to live. You're out, out, out. And he runs back to his house. And my dad was just 
So didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. Seven kids. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? <clears throat> Except he cries to the Lord. And a few hours later, a very gentle knock on the door. And it was the priest. And he hugs my dad and he says, pardon, uh, sorry, and uh, sorry, sorry. He kept saying sorry. And he hugged my dad and he says, I found the money. <laughs> I put it somewhere else. <laughs> and, and he says, and he takes 20 pounds. That's like two and a half months worth of salary for my dad and from both places. And he says, here, Gindi, here, here, this is for you. And wow, <laughs> wow. wow. My dad took the money, paid off the flower man, that all, all the money we owed him, and bought new flower, went to the grocery store, paid all the debt that yeah, we had, and wow. we started a new note, because you, you buy on the note there. Yeah. You, you know, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that expression, but every time we, we needed something from the grocery store, we go there and we pick it up, and he gets his note, and he writes... Mm -hmm. You owe me this. You owe me that. And at the end of the month, they they tally it. And and what a what a what a way that the Lord provides. Only if we understand. Only if we understand. Look at look at the story of Joseph. What he went through. You all, you guys are all familiar with that. Mm -hmm. All that hard time, but Joseph was faithful. And he waited, and the Lord delivered and delivered him, and he del uh, 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 and what a great way for us when we get into a situation is to call up on the Lord, call up on the Lord. He will find you, and he will lift you. I'm glad you brought we're, that. We're done. We're, we're, we're amen. We're, yeah, we'll amen. see you next. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no that no, was powerful. That, yeah, very yeah. powerful. I'm glad you brought up um, Joseph because I wanted to, like, where we've been over the last, you know, last episode and so far even um, today. How have those things that have influenced your life, community, um, the, you know, what you experienced through uh, poverty and seeing God work and and through your your life situation and how has that influenced you in your in your life? Like when it comes to your marriages, when it comes into parenting, when it comes into your career, like how have those things that have influenced you uh, shaped you into who you are and what your daily life looks like? Me? Either one of you. <clears throat> well, Both I, of you. I would pig, piggyback on what Bob said in, in that, for us, in 09, we had kind of a, a low spot, the, the recession, mm. and and um, we didn't know how we were going to survive. I, in fact, I had never filled out a job application, and I started looking for a, another occupation. And uh, for a guy that's overweight and had strokes and, and 
uh, who's going to hire you at, at that age? They're just, you know, it just wasn't anything. And um, like your dad said, through the grace of God, he, he got us through it. And, and it, it just to answer, to go on to your question then about how that affects you the rest of your life is it would, for me, it was a, an experience we'd never felt before. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, but we never had to really, really struggle mm. until then. And, and so it, you, for me, it's always easier when you're in trouble to turn toward the Lord than when things are going pretty good. Sure. You think, Hey, sure. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm self-reliant. I can, you know, and what, what do and, they say? There's no, there's no atheists and foxholes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, it, it, it just was a, uh, a different time in our lives and God got us through it. And those are the things that do affect the rest of your life, your, it, how you, uh, your outlook on, on, um, your marriage and your kids. And we've been, we've been blessed by, uh, uh, extremely blessed by a wonderful family. And, um, we take pride in that and, and, and how our kids turned out at least so far for the most part. Um, <laughs> Jerry's still out. (laughs) I don't know why he looked at me when he said that. (laughs) But uh, like Bob, all by the grace of God, God is good. And and, um, we've been extremely blessed. What about you, Bob? Well, there is no place that... uh, uh, the grace of God will take you where there's no mercy or there is no, and, and it's always, always the grace of God. And, and that's a big lesson to, 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 to learn in life because we've learned to, I'll do it. I'll get it done. I'll provide. And, and, and that's, I'm sorry. After all these years, uh, God gives you above and beyond. He said, call me at the day of trouble and I will deliver you. And he always surprises me when he delivers. He always surprises <laughs> me. It's, it's something that I, ah, I couldn't have thought of it. I, I don't think of it. His ways is is far, far, far from our ways, and we, sometimes we try to uh, to dictate to him. Mm. This is how you're gonna. No, no, no. His mercy, his mercy, and his grace is 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 unbelievable. Um, I, surprisingly unbelievable, and I still get surprised. Every single day, and I, I mean it. Every single day, I am I am a man. I am a man that had a. a I don't know if I should get into this now. It's a, do we have time? Yeah. I uh, I like to speak about uh, an operation. I 
I'm going through, I'm going through uh, early dementia now because of an operation that I had in my 20s. I had a brain surgeon, surgery. And you could see here in my head, you guys can't see it, but <laughs> <laughs> the guys here, I have a, a great witness in my, a cut in my forehead. And that, oh, and I'm glad it was there, it's there. And I'm glad it's there because it always reminds me of my beautiful Lord. How he had this surgery, this surgery, I, I used to have headaches and I didn't know where the headaches were coming. And I said, you know, you don't go to the doctor because you have a headache. You know, everybody gets a headache. And I ignored it and I ignored it until one night I couldn't sleep. And I, I, I went to the, I called my doctor and my, and he said, six o'clock in the morning. It was so early in the morning, but I knew the doctor. I knew his house phone number and I called him there and he said I'll meet you at the hospital and we met me at the hospital and they did the CAT scan and they they found a tumor as big as my fist when I make a fist and it was in the third ventricle and it was sitting on top of my spine and you have all that lubricant in your head and it drains in the in the spine it wasn't draining because the tumor was sitting on top of the spine and there was no place for the, uh, for the fluid to drain. And that's what was causing me the headache. And at the hospital, they said, the first thing we need to do, we need to do an emergency operation and install shunts, two shunts in your head to drain that fluid. And they, 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 uh, they sent me, I'm going to try to be brief here, it's, uh, but uh, they sent me to, uh, I ended up in a hospital, in a, a, a university hospital that's like a zoo. <laughs> and, 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 and Newark University Hospital. But you know what? I had the best, best care. I can't even complain about the food that I received there. And I, I had the best care ever. And everybody wanted me to go to NYU and this doctor and that doctor. And they called that doctor and he was vacationing and he couldn't. <laughs> and I ended up in university hospital. And I had, the Lord was with me. And the Lord was with my doctors. And it all showed up in, uh, I, I went there and I had the shunts installed in an emergency operation, one shunt on the right side and one shunt on the left side because, uh, and, uh, and they drained into my, uh, my stomach and uh, they had a, a pump. Uh, a manual pump here behind my ear in case it fails so I could pump it and, uh, and, 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 and do and drain the, and, and the headache went away. And uh, after that, I was, uh, uh, th 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 the shunts gave them time to prepare for the operation. Again, this was in the, in the 80s uh, and uh, brain surgery there sure. were like handful of doctors that can do this operation. 
and uh, and uh, brain surgery wasn't advanced as of today. And uh, at that time, uh, they they uh, they so the shunts gave them time to plan the the surgery the, the brain surgery the, the the surgery and the surgery. The doctor came in to me and he said, "I want to talk to you." And my whole family was there, and he was going to give us the chances and he started saying he was explaining the operation and he said you have a 20% chance that you're going to come out of this operation without being paralyzed or losing your senses some of your senses and uh, very much you're going to be paralyzed you're going to be paralyzed and uh, but we have uh, uh, and, and all that I heard was, you know, paralyzed and 20%. And I, I rejected that. Not, not, I'll tell you why I rejected that. The summer before, the, uh, we went to a, a conference and the, uh, and the, 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 the subject for the conference, if we live to God, we live. If we die to God, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And, and you know what? If you would have asked me when I went to that conference, what was the, the theme, I wouldn't have told you. <laughs> but the Lord brought it up to me, and it was like a, with, a lit with a fluorescent light. <laughs> Uh, you know, a bright floor, a green fluorescent light. If we live, if I live to God, I live. And if I die to God, I die. Whether I live or die, I belong to the Lord. And I drained so much comfort from that verse. And that's what gave me the, the authority to tell the doctor, I'm not interested <laughs> in percentage or the, 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 the surgery, the, 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 the procedure. If my family would like to know, please go outside and discuss it. And that was at, not out of ignorance, uh, out of, but I knew if I were to die, the Lord is going to take care of my family and I'm going to be in a better place. And if I live... I will live for his glory and to bring glory to his name. And uh, again, I'm trying to squeeze uh, the information here. Right before the operation, my sister comes to me and says, look, I need to tell you this. I said, what happened? She says, my husband had an exam in the morning and, uh, and he went, I prepared breakfast for him and he went for his uh, college exam. And I said, oh, before the kids wake up, let me, let me uh, take some time in prayer. And while I was in prayer, and it was during the day, I saw a vision. I saw you in the operating room on a circular bed. I never heard of that. And the doctor was working on your head. And out of his arm, the doctor had four arms. It was his arm, and there were two other arms. And 
those arms had a, a sparkling white sleeves, the, sleeve, the long sleeves, and they were sparkling white. And those were the arms that were working on you. And I went into the operating room, knowing no matter what the outcome is, the Lord is there. The Lord is there. And I, they did the operation. They told me that you know, from the amount of anesthesia, you're not going to wake up for three days after the operation. And you know what? I don't remember. But they told me I woke up the next day and I asked for something. I don't recall that, but they told me you did. And I believed them. And I had in a lousy hospital that everybody else thinks is a lousy, <laughs> I had a private room. I had two nurses that worked 12-hour shifts on me. Went from seven to seven in a private room. I had the best, best care that the Lord provided. His name is Jehovah Jehovah Jireh, that he provides, he provides, he provides, and he heals. He heals and he provides. Amen. <laughs> wow. Wow. <clears throat> I know Crit. I threw you off the subject. No. No. No, that's great. I don't think I've ever seen Chris speechless, but I think at the moment he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's did you know all that? I knew I knew most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Yeah. It still hits. Yeah. I mean it's he said it, it's the Lord providing. Yeah. It's the Lord providing, and, you know, uh, I think uh, sometimes we, I know in the circles I came from, we discount sometimes God is a healer if it doesn't happen miraculously or supernaturally. But that story, like, keeps gra- like gr- it, it grounds me, right? Sure. In that, whether it's a doctor, whether it's, you know whether whether it's whether, yeah whether it's a doctor whether it's a miracle whether it's whatever it's all by God's hand and so you know kind of something like you said before Keith and and this has been woven into both of your stories over these last couple of weeks but whether things are good whether things aren't good whether rich or poor whether yeah. uh, wherever it is whether you're on top of the mountain or in the valley it's all living by faith. And uh, I, I, I want to thank you guys for spending this time with us, uh, for being an example of that to Kylie and to me growing up and even now. Um, yeah, we love you and we're grateful. Yeah, honored by just our time together and the stories. And, and just like you were saying, that you were how old? I was in uh, early 20s. Okay, so like you said, highs or lows, maybe the purpose is for somebody listening to hear this story yeah. and to 
years and years and years after it actually took place that you're still sitting here mm. and and praising God through all of it and how that can grow all anybody's faith just yeah. by just by hearing testimony and and so grateful and honored that yeah. these guys would hang out with their sons a mm. couple of jerks <laughs> <laughs> proud of you guys very proud of you absolutely well thanks well Kylie till next time yeah. see ya Thank <laughs> you.